Good morning, church. It's good to see you today. We have some visitors with us today. Thank you so much for coming and being here with us today and worshiping together. Have a long day today, but uh, we'll move you through this. And but um, I just appreciate all the activity, and, and we're so proud of our children and those that are doing such a great job with uh, with all of them and all all that. We're just so proud. I suppose that we can all recall a time when we ran out of patience. It's probably something you didn't really want to hear today, but it's the truth. When we run out of patience, it's cost us plenty, perhaps an embarrassing moment with someone, or perhaps even worse, something called sin. I want to talk to you today about patience and the importance of it throughout Scripture and our spiritual growth because it's so vital for our growth. Now, patience is something that may seem easy to you until you're put in the situation of someone else or in the place of that person that might be going through it. Someone once said, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Found seldom in women and never in a man. And that's probably true. I want to show you a little video clip today. It's a little cartoon. It's probably 40 years old. And it just talks about patience, and um, I thought it was kind of cute. And the guy whistling is probably someone like me. So take a look. It's only it's narrowed down from twelve minutes, about a minute and a half. So just remember, we're going to be talking about patience. Go ahead, guys. What's the matter, teacher? Modern education, that's what. Those kids are driving me crazy. Anybody that wants this teaching job would have to be an idiot. Man alive. That teacher sure ain't got no patience. Ain't nothing wrong with modern education. Ain't nothing wrong with our youngsters, neither. Nobody got no patience no more. Hypertension's getting everybody dying. You can't blame our youngsters. Show them a little love and affection. Be kind to them. Understand them. Just have patience. Say, y'all, being a school teacher sure takes a lot of patience. Lots and lots of patience. And let me tell you something right now. Man, I ain't got any more. All right, that's kind of like my day sometimes. It's not only for school teachers, it's for all of us. We deal with patience. How are you with your patience? How are you doing with that? If we were to ask someone close to you, what would they say? Hmm, that's something interesting, isn't it? But all of us have to deal with patience, young and old alike, no matter who you are, and you have to deal with it every single day of your life, I believe. 
But God knew that we would struggle with it. And he gives us some direction through his word, how we might be able to improve on it. Now listen, today I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to give you a, a, a lot of scripture. And I normally don't give this much, but it's important for us to see that. And I believe if we just kind of allow us, it will direct us in the area in which we need today. And that is if we want to grow spiritually, we have to deal with this thing called patience. And if we will listen closely, I think it'll direct us in that path. Hopefully that'll be the case. You probably heard of the man that simply said and was talking to God and he said, God, I need patience and I need it now. Well, if it was that easy, we wouldn't need this. But we all know that it's not that easy. It's a struggle that we have, all of us. And um, But I believe that we can benefit from the things that we're going to say today. Now, I want to tell you, first of all, that it took me 20 minutes to write this message. I wrote it on a Tuesday. Mike and I met early for a Bible class. And right after that, I said, man, I would get this message down because it's just really on my heart. So I wrote this message in 20 minutes. And my hope is to deliver it in 20 minutes. So be patient with me, if you would, please. You cannot grow spiritually without patience. Try it all you like. It just can't happen. Without it, your spiritual growth will take a turn for the worse, never for the better, I promise you. Listen, you cannot hurry the blessing, and this is important. You cannot hurry the blessings that you think that you need from God just as much as the medical student can hurry his teaching or his training or his classes to be able to do what he does with perfection. It is something that you have to have in your life is patience. And it's waiting on God's timing in your life. And God will then reveal it to you and for us in our walk with him. So that is important in our life. I'm going to take a a passage of scripture in which we read normally from the NIV version. But I'm going to take it today. Go ahead with this one. And this is from the New Century version. And there's a reason for that. It's probably just because of the way it sounds to me. Because of you having these blessings, do your best to add things to your lives, to the faith, add goodness, and the goodness, knowledge, and the knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, patience. And to your patience, add service for God, and for your service for God, add the kindness for your brothers and sisters in Christ, and to the kindness and love, and to the kindness, love. If all of these things are in you and you are growing, they will help you in to be useful and productive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I find it interesting when you read this particular passage here, he places patience right dab in the middle of those qualities that all of us are to work on in our spiritual lives. Because uh, uh, patience is something that has to cover us every single day of our life, as I mentioned before. So what is the one thing, or what is one thing, it's one of your pet peeves, if you will, that you struggle with in your impatience? in life that pushes your impatience button. You know exactly what it is, don't you? Sure you do. Some of you have a list, don't you? Sure you do. And some of you don't have a list. You just live impatient your whole life. And you know exactly that's the truth. It's a struggle. But patience is what? I would say patience extends grace even in the heated moments of our life. That's what it does. It's being patient 
with one another, patient with what's happening in our world, being patient of the things that are going on around about you. I would like to say that I've perfected it, but I haven't. And I don't know one person that's perfected patience. Do you? Now, there's people that are better than I am, and there's people that are worse than I am. But no one that I know has perfected patience. But it's a quality in which God says we are to add to our lives, I think, on a daily basis. A man was walking through this grocery store with a little baby in the shopping cart that was screaming at the top of their lungs. There was a lady nearby, and she kept hearing every time that this baby would scream, the man would simply say, Keep calm, Albert. Just keep calm. Keep calm, Albert. Just keep calm. All the way through the store, time and time again, she heard this. She was so impressed with this man's patience, she went up to him and she said, I just want to compliment you on your patience with little baby Albert. He said, Albert? I'm Albert. That's Joey. We all need to tell ourselves, I just keep calm. Harley, just keep calm. You ever have to do that in your life? Anybody? If you're married, you know that's true, don't you? Patience isn't neglecting, and this is important. Patience isn't neglecting something in your life. It's beginning or learning to reflect on the proper thing in your life. The right thing in your life. What is that thing in your life? What is that right thing in your life? It is God. It's to reflect upon His goodness in your life. Because by reflecting on God's goodness in your life, it can keep you calm, even in the moments where you feel as though you are under this pressure. I become, when, when we become impatient, it normally moves us into an area or an arena of frustration. Frustration is a tough thing for all of us to deal with. But we do get frustrated when we become impatient. Is that correct? Sure it is. When you become frustrated, you have to be very careful and you have to check it quickly. Why do I say that? If you don't check yourself in your frustration quickly, it will lead you to a thing called anger. And in your anger, it can lead you to do something even worse, which is sin. And all of us start in that direction if we let our impatience or we're impatient in our lives. Now, in Psalms 37, I picked this passage because I think it's powerful as well. And I read one verse in it, and then I kept reading, and I thought, wow, this is a treasure trove here. It'd be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. God calls us to be still and wait patiently on Him. There's a reason why he says that. Have you discovered what that reason is? If you will learn this this procedure right here with God, you can learn to be patient with each other, with other people. But oftentimes, we're not even patient with God. Did you ever think of that? Notice this. He says, do not fret. When people succeed in their ways, he gives us an example here. When others succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. In other words, people get ahead of you. You think you're the one that needs that. I've been praying for that. I've been dealing with that for this long time. And he's saying, be patient. Be patient. 
Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, he says once again. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. What's he saying in all of that? He is saying to me is that if you try to get in front of me, it won't work. We try to get in front of God. Like, God, would you please hurry up with this request that I have? Anybody do that besides me? I've prayed for it three times and it's never happened yet in my life. I don't know what your problem is. We even become impatient with God. Be patient and I'll take care of it, he's saying. If not, you can find yourself in the same position as the person that you become impatient with. You're the one that becomes angry. And when you become angry, you can do some things that will cost you greatly in your life. So he's saying here, through all of this, be very careful of what you're doing. So wait patiently on the Lord, because the Lord knows all things, He sees all things, and He will deliver on time in your life if you have patience. So how do we figure this out, where our patience is? Well, let's look at this. Your frustration level or your anger level. Is it measured in seconds, minutes, hours, or days? And what would someone say about you? What would your mate, what would your children say about you? Is it measured in these minutes, these seconds, or minutes, or hours, or days in our lives? Because we all deal with it, and we all have a level in which we get to the point where we become impatient and we blow up, or worse. Let's take a look at the life of Paul. I think this is important. I want to look at the life of Paul for just a minute and see what we can learn in in his life. Now, I could go to the book of Romans and I could go to the book of Hebrews and talk about patience because it does. But I thought it would be interesting to look at one that lived it out in their life and to see how it unfolded. For from the moment he met or his encounter with God on the road to Damascus and he struck blind to his death, which history probably tells us most likely he was beheaded, of how he dealt with patience, and patience even with God. Also patience with a lot of churches that he established. Philippians chapter 4, let's look there together real quick. The church at Philippi, he's writing the letter there, he's writing this letter to them, and he begins off by saying in in chapter 4, he simply says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Sounds really good. He said, let your gentleness be evident to all people, or all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He gives us a great treasure right here as he writes this to the church there, but also for us today. I believe that with all my heart. In every situation... By prayer and petition, he says, in every situation. So perhaps in our impatience with the things going on around us or people or life not moving fast enough for us or something happening, maybe the first thing we should do is to learn patience is to pray to God. Instead of sitting there and saying, why won't they hurry up? Why won't they do this? Could we pause for a moment and ask God for help? in this area of our life. Because God says He will deliver. 
How are you doing with that? Are you the one that stops and prays about things? Or are you the one that blows up? Paul goes on to say in verse number 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any of these excellent things are praiseworthy, think on these things, put these things into practice, and then you will have this peace. The peace of God will be with you in that process. Nowhere in that does it say or mention the problem. But all through that, it only gives us the cure of our impatience and our problems. You say, well, that was pretty good for Paul because he had his pretty, he must have had it pretty easy. He doesn't realize what I go through. He doesn't realize what it's like to be a teacher. He doesn't realize what it's like to be a homemaker. He doesn't realize what it's a job stress that I have today. Oh, really? Do you know where Paul was when he wrote this? He was in prison, chained, Scripture says in chapter 1. And in 2 Corinthians, I wanted to throw this in there real quick. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in fact, when he writes the church at Corinth, they're really struggling with him because Paul's telling them exactly what their problems are. But they're wanting him to say something. And fine, he says, you want me to tell you something about me? Let me tell you something about me. I don't want to brag about this, but he said, let me just tell you what my life has been and then measure yours up to it. He says, listen to this. Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. What was that about? You see, in that process, they, they, when they would, they would whip them, that was 40 times and they were called for, they had to subtract one. The person was doing it would always yell out the number and they'd always take one away. Why? Because if they didn't and they went one over, the person giving the whipping would be the one that would be whipped. It would be punished, punishment for himself. So they always subtracted one. Now think about this. There's five times he's gone through this. Five times 39 would be 190-something, right? So now Paul carries with him those stripes on his back. Think about that, going through some things. Notice what he says. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was uh, pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Think about that one. They said, well, that, that, you know, we read this side of the story and say, well, he got through that. Yeah, but the night and the day, he didn't know that. He didn't know he was going to get through that. Hanging onto a board, perhaps, floating around in open sea. Hey, listen, they had sharks back then, too. They had big fish for sure back then. And there he is in the midst of all that. But he goes on to say, I have been constantly on the move. Why? Because people wanted him dead. I have been in danger from the rivers and dangers from the bandits, danger from the fellow Jews and danger from the Gentiles and danger in the city and danger in the country and danger at sea and danger in the false brothers. I have labored and I have told and I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and I have been naked. And he could have stopped there, but you know what he says to the church? He says, and oh, by the way, you were on my mind. He throws in the church and dealing with it. Notice what he says. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. He throws his concern for all the churches right in with those 195 lashes on his back. And when I read about Paul there, I think of myself and I think, man, I haven't seen nothing. I haven't been through much. I have no problem. I should be patient. 
but he doesn't finish there. He goes on in chapter 12. And as you know, he, we read there in chapter 12, he said, I had this thorn in the flesh and it was so bad that it was driving me bonkers, we would say. It was tormenting, he said. And I begged God three different occasions to deliver me from it. And God said no, and his answer was no, and I was okay with his no. And in any of that, as you read that list, if I would have read that he became impatient and somewhere in that, I would have completely understood why. God, why you're going? Through, why am I going through this? Why does this keep happening to me? Can't you hurry up and give me some relief here? This is bothering me. I know you have the power to deliver. I know you have these things. He could have become impatient, but there's no mention of it. In fact, if you turn back over to Philippians chapter 4, he says it like this. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. You see, it's easy for us to read that last verse, that 413. We say that in sports a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I even wear the bracelet. It's real easy to say that, but if you realize what he went through and then when he said it, there makes a big difference, doesn't it? There was a lot to boil down to that thing, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I know there's where my strength is. And in that, in Psalms, or excuse me, Philippians chapter 1, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I believe that true patience can only come by relying on Jesus Christ. I believe that. True patience. God is not only patient with you before you were a follower of His, He has been patient with you and me ever since the day that we became His children. Do you know that? He's patient with you every single day. And I find it interesting that God grows our patience in our lives the best when we see His great patience and reflect upon His great patience in our lives. That's how I learned to be patient. I realize how much God is patient with me, even today. When we picture how long-suffering and how patient God has been with us, it should literally melt our impatience away. So the next time you're waiting in the car and you're waiting for your bride in Walmart and she's or Macy's or wherever and they're just looking around and you're just sitting there tapping your toe. I wish she, well, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what the deal is. Pause for a moment. And think about how patient God has been with you just today. Today. I find that interesting. I believe it will soften your heart when you do that. You won't want to do it. Your nature will be, but uh, that's be your nature. I want to be mad. I want to be upset. I want to be impatient. And then when they get in, you give them the cold shoulder. You ever get the cold shoulder? You haven't even said, I look nice today. You should. It took long enough. We become impatient. But it should, in that all of that, it should soften us up as we re- 
we reflect on God, it should soften us in our attitude to tolerance, understanding, and patience. That's called spiritual growth. And that's what God wants us to do, is to grow spiritually, even in our patience. Or I should say, especially in our patience. Now, here's the thing. We're about done. But as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord and you study God's Word, you will be struck with the depth of God's patience with rebellious, sinful people. Rebellious people like some of the ones that you have to put up with at your office or your workplace or your neighborhood. And in the midst of that, as you look at from that, all of that, from Genesis to Revelations, you will see over and over recorded over and over and over again human rebellion against God, sinful man against God. And God being God and God being a righteous God could at any moment simply annihilated everything. But he pauses in patience. Because he longs for a relationship, you and me. I find that staggering. In Psalms 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. And the church ought to say, hallelujah. Because when we read that, we often look at it toward other people. Not ourselves, how compassionate he is, how gracious, how slow to anger of the things that I've done in my life. In Second Peter, he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Why? Why was he patient with you? He tells you why. He tells you exactly why. And the reason why he was patient with you is because he didn't want you to perish without him. Patient. Some of you are have never given your life to Christ and you're still right there. And, and, and you know you want to, you know you need to, and you know you're going to someday. And God is just being patient with you. He's just being patient. And aren't we, all of us in this room, thankful that God was patient with us so that we could redeem or that we could have that redemption in our lives as well? It should bring us praise in our lives. So what's the challenge for this week? I thought about that and I didn't know what I was going to write down. And I kept thinking about it throughout the week. So I didn't write this down on Tuesday. And I kept thinking about it. I came in yesterday three times on three occasions and sat down and I said, what in the world am I going to do with this challenge? Well, here's the challenge. When that's something or someone pushes your impatience button this week, and it will happen, it'll probably happen before the end of the day. When it does, I challenge you to think of things that God has done for you and how patient He has been with you. That's all I ask. But I want you to give it a full five minutes. Oh boy, you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. Give it a full five minutes before you blow your top or do something that you might regret and have to repent over later on. 
And it would, isn't it great if you could just take five minutes and keep yourself from sinning something in, in an area of your life which you know you're going to have to repent for after a while? Doesn't that make sense? Five minutes? Is that asking too much? What will happen within five minutes? She'll finally get in the car. I'm not talking about my wife. She's always on time. <laughs> Smooth, man. But my point being is, in five minutes, you'll drift to something else. You'll go somewhere else. You'll think of something else. If you don't, here's the key. Here's the key. At the end of each day, this is important. This will. This is a discipline that we all need in our lives. And I'm finished. At the end of each day, in your prayer time, be honest with yourself. Because remember, God already knows. He knows that you blew it at 10 o'clock in the morning. He knows it. I'm waiting on that report. Jim, where is that report? I am waiting all morning for that report. You're impatient. Hey, Jim, everything okay? How's it going? Oh, long night. Oh, I see. Kid was up again sick. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. You see it changes? So every day when you, when you say at the end of the day, you do this little evaluation. Be honest with yourself about how you handled your patience that day or impatience. If you did a great, if you did it great, oh man, this is good for you. If you did a great in a particular situation, recall it, bring it to mind, and simply tell God, thank you for helping me to keep it in check. But if you're like me, you often blow it. Just big time, you just blew it. Here's the greatest thing I can tell you. Just admit it, ask for forgiveness, and thank Him for being patient with you once again. Write this one down if somebody's writing. Keep in mind, keep in mind, in between our sin and asking of forgiveness of God is displayed his patience with us. From the time that you sin until the time that you ask for forgiveness is the patience of God. Can you not praise him for that? Either way, at the end of the day, ask him for the strength to do better if he gives you tomorrow. I encourage you to do it one week. One week. Do it one week. And I think at the end of that week, you will be amazed of how you will be growing spiritually. In fact, I think if you will do that, if you got these hot buttons, I think if you'll do that at the end of the week, somebody else will also notice. And when they do, thank them right after you thank God for His patience with you. You see, God doesn't want anyone to be lost. That's why He sent His Son. And so He's real patient. He's coming again someday. This world is going to end. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And if you do it now, before he comes, you receive eternal life. And so what he is doing right now, right he is right now, he is being patient with you. Just for you. He's being patient. Can't you just thank him for being patient with you, for you, all this time? Just surrender your life to him. Tell him I'm a mess. I have sinned, and I thank you for your son that forgives me all of them.
Ask to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Be buried with him in baptism. Let him write your name in the Lamb's book of life. If you haven't done that, we want to encourage you to think about it. But remember, God is patient. And maybe some of you have been asking for some prayers lately. And you've been praying on your own. And you've been really, really impatient. And you're, or you're at that point where you're about to be impatient. You're struggling with that. I can't tell you when God's going to answer. But I know God is God. And God will give you the strength to move through it or get through it or get you even something better. And we stand ready for you to pray with you today. That's why we're here. And that's why we offer this invitation song. Whatever your need is. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just come, just as you are. God bless you. Let's stand and sing.